Welcome to the Extra Innings Podcast. I'm Mayor's Beat Writer Ryan Divish, your host for our semi-weekly sort of baseball podcast here at the Seattle Times, featuring Larry Stone usually, and assortment of other guests. Uh, we're recording this late Sunday evening, early Monday morning. Just wrapped up a three-game series at Safeco Field against the Cleveland Indians. The Mariners took two of three, which I think, if you're a Mariners fan, you probably really enjoyed. The games weren't all pretty, but they still won two of three against a team that most people believe will win the AL Central and a team that, you know, could contend for the World Series. I, I do think that they're a little lesser version of themselves, not having Carlos Santana in the lineup and those types of things. Um Larry and I discuss just this first weekend. We talk about the injury to Nelson Cruz, who slipped on some stairs following a home run. We talk about Mike Zanino's injury, which is an oblique strain, and whether he'll be back sooner than Cruz. Uh, so we do all those things. We just kind of put a bow on that on that first series. Mariners are off on Monday. They head to San Francisco on two. They head to San Francisco on Monday afternoon. Uh, they have a little quick two-game interleague series with the Giants. Uh, then open the Twins' home schedule in Minneapolis on Thursday and have that weird Friday off day again, rain out protection. And then after that three-game series in Minneapolis, go to Kansas City to wrap up the road trip. So Larry and I just kind of talk a little bit about the weekend, kind of preview a little bit of that. And then what we do is get into baseball as a whole. We talk about um, who wins each division, who's our World Series winner. Obviously, you got to give our ALCS and LCS winner as well, but who wins the World Series for us. And then we get into the BBWA Awards, which is MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year for both leagues. And we just kind of talk a little bit about that. I, I know it's not all Mariners, but it's fun just to talk about baseball in general. I, I think that that's... What makes it cool and, and arguing about those awards or predicting those awards, it's always kind of fun. So we do that and then just kind of, you know, do our typical thing and digress and all these other things. I, I'll mention it in the interview, but I'm going to mention it again. I'm dealing with some horrible allergies right now. So if you hear me sniffling, um, you hear me kind of sounding congested or whatever, I'm just dealing with some bad allergies. Uh, my eyes are basically like shut from rubbing them and I don't know uh never dealt with them too much when I was a kid but the last three or four years living here they've been an issue so I apologize if you hear me sniffling or any of that kind of stuff um and I don't know if the med the medicine that I'm taking which is relatively strong is going to make me sound smarter or not so smart but either way I appreciate listening and let's get to Larry I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him that, but I'm, I, I'm very proud of that. Thank you. Well, it's not like he's going to listen to this, so you're going to have to tell him. <laughs> That's so. true. I'll, we'll just keep it our little secret. Yeah. 
I, I will say this. I like having Calkins on my pickup hoops team. I mean, the guy can shoot the three. Can't guard anybody. Can't really dribble or drive, but he can shoot the three. Well, how do you know I can't shoot the three? We just have never played together. Yeah. Uh, I, I have faith. I have faith in my <laughs> assessment. Um, yeah, I, I think if I were if I were to pick a, a hoops team, I'd pick Calkins over me, too. <laughs> um, so... How was your weekend? How was how are the Larry's son plays baseball for Skagit Valley College? How are the mighty Cardinals days? Isn't that the Cardinals? They are the Cardinals. Uh, not a great weekend. Uh, they lost all four back to back doubleheaders to Olympic of Bremerton. So that was the opening of conference season. So very disappointing. But we'll just let's just move on. Fire everyone! <laughs> Fire everyone! <laughs> It's a long season. That's just the first weekend, so uh, at least league-wise, you know they've done okay leading up to that. I just want to let everybody know too. Larry stopped for dinner in Tacoma and did not call me. Just that hurts. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> we could have done this podcast live at the Red Robin where he went to dinner at. Of all the places in Tacoma, he went to Red Robin. <laughs> that's the that's the go-to place, man, for the Stone family. Wow. Uh, you know, it was a little late. I figured you'd already you had already eaten, and uh, uh, otherwise, I definitely would have called you. That's okay. I understand. I understand completely. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, you went to two of the three games uh, at the of the opening series. You wrote on both days. Um, kind of just go over what you wrote about and what you thought. Well, there were three really good games, I thought, and uh, a pretty good start. If you could take a series from Cleveland, I think everybody expects Cleveland to win that division again. I think you know they're a hundred, close to a hundred win team last year. Uh, Maybe not quite as strong this year, but still a formidable team. And uh, I thought overall the Mariners looked looked pretty good, considering that they lost Cruz uh, for a game and a half. They lost Zunino for three games. Their would-be ace, James Paxton, didn't pitch very well. Um, you know, a couple of guys still haven't gotten started hitting, and yet you still won uh, a couple of one-run games. Um you know, I thought I, th- I thought it was a real, really good start. Let's see. Uh, the first day I wrote about Felix Hernandez and what an impressive start that was uh, to sort of set the tone for his uh, what could, has to be termed a comeback season. You know, so far so good. And then yesterday, after after writing that uh, feel good story, uh, yesterday we were hit with uh, Zunino being on the DL, Cruz twisting his ankle after hitting a home run uh, and then a tough uh, one run loss Paxton getting shelled a little bit. So I wrote about sort of how baseball, uh, you know, can break your heart when you just, when you get the hopes up and then here yeah, today, I didn't go to the game, but uh, it was a nice rebound for them. Yeah. They go out and beat Trevor Bauer, uh, who is the slowest working pitcher on the planet. My God. Yeah, I was ready to just throttle him. You get him and Cano in the batter's box together, that is just painful. Because Cano <laughs> takes forever. Cano's got to adjust his batter's gloves, his pants, his sleeve, you know, tap the catcher on the on the shin guards. And then Bauer is playing like solitaire in his mind as he's on the mound in between pitches. It's just brutal. Yeah, and uh, I, I can't imagine that uh, his fielders like playing behind a guy who's that deliberate. You know, you always, when you have a guy 
who's a, a you know Mark Burley type, who's a fast mover. You always hear the guys, the infielders and the outfielders, saying how they love playing behind him. It gets them on their toes. They like the rhythm of the game, and I'd imagine it's the opposite for a guy like that who's just uh, you know, just excruciating in, in delivering the ball. Well, it's really with runners on where he slows down, but it's just it's even more distinct because you're watching Mike Leak, who works pretty fast, so it, it makes it even look. Uh, more slow than it already is yeah exactly but he's a you know he's a very talented pitcher who is going to break out one of these years and be a and be a, one of the best in the league i think and uh don't you think he's got that kind of potential yeah he's he's a good enough pitcher to do that he's kind of a strange dude but you know who yeah knows? yeah um, definitely a strange dude and uh kind of one of those guys who drives management crazy he's got his own ideas about how to do things and how to train and all that so what is uh what were your highlights of the weekend what are the three let's, games? let's see uh, i think Ed, edwin diaz has to be high on the list i mean nobody has put the ball in play against him in two outings uh his stuff has been electric i mean the first day he was over amped hit a couple of guys and uh uh, a couple of stolen bases and a balk, but still nobody came close to hitting him. He struck out the side, and then he struck out the side again tonight, today. So uh, he's faced, what, eight batters? Nobody's put the ball in play, and he struck out uh, all six outs. So I'd say he's a he's a highlight right off the, ta- the top. Yeah. Felix, was a, Felix was a definite highlight, and Mitch Hanniger, I think, I'd put on that list as well. Yeah, Diaz today was ridiculous. Uh, I thought his slider was better today. It had a lot more depth, you know, some downward movement to it besides just kind of cutting across. Uh, and he, he threw mostly strikes. He didn't have those wayward, you know, the, the pitches he hit those guys with, um, you know, the, the ones really out of zone. He was in the zone more. Uh, I thought today he was outstanding. And, and big ups to David Freitas, who was catching, or Freitas, who was catching him. Uh, that first, the first batter, Tyler Naquin, Diaz buried a slider for swinging strike three, and it was in the dirt, and it was far out of the zone, and and Freitas blocked it and threw it to first and got the out. Look, if if that ball skips away, you know, and gets to the screen, and, and Naquin gets the first, then the tying runs on base, and and a lot of problems come from that in a one-run game. You know, anytime that leadoff runner gets on, and we've seen that with Diaz where, you know, it gets just kind of speeds him up a little bit. So I thought that was a huge deal. I thought he was great today. Diaz, man, when he was facing Lindor, you could just tell how much, because they're both from Puerto Rico. They're friends. They played on a lot of youth teams together. They played on the WBC. You could tell how much he wanted to strike him out. He was pumping 100 up there, just one after the other. Yeah, when he's throwing like that, I, you know, there's not many more dominant closers in baseball than that. I mean, uh, throwing 100 with 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 a slider uh, that you were talking about, uh, it's a pretty lethal comp- com- uh, combination. And, uh, you know, if the Mariners can get him a lot of leads, uh, it, bod- it bodes well because they really haven't had a closer like that for, for, for a while. And uh, uh, really has the potential to be one of the better ones in the league. Do you think Felix will stay in that mindset we saw, which was be more efficient, pitch to a little more contact, you know, be stay within himself. He admitted he was trying to strike people out because he hears the K chance, even though they don't have the K cards in the Kings court anymore. They have let's go Felix. But do you think that Felix that we saw is somewhat sustainable? Well, you, you'd think so. I mean, you know, it goes back to the last start of, 
the 2017 season, which you know we've written about, where he didn't feel very good. He had nothing in the bullpen. Mel Stottlemyre was war, you know, told told uh, service that he didn't have anything, and you know maybe get somebody up behind him. And then he went out and pitched seven innings and gave up what two hits, uh, only struck out a couple, and maybe realized that that's uh, an efficient, effective way to pitch. And then kind of more of the same uh, on Thursday. Uh, I think success will reinforce that, you'd think, uh, in Felix's head that that's a better way to go and uh, uh, because he still has plenty of stuff to succeed in this league and stuff to be overpowering when he needs to be, but but he needs to save the bullets and, and get uh, have, have more like that seven-pitch inning that he had in the fourth, I think it was, uh, on Thursday and an 11-pitch inning in the first with three infield outs. And no, that's that's what you want to see. Sneak in the occasional strikeout, but uh, don't make that the focus. No, I, I agree completely. And, and maybe that is, you know, if, if he does it enough times to see that this is how you want to be. Look, we, we, we can sit there and say how much a pitcher's win doesn't matter in stats, but it matters to pitchers. And he likes getting wins. So I, I think that's important. And I think if he, he can kind of keep doing that and see that that's how you – how he can win games and get deep into games. And, you know, it's not a, the machismo of striking out 10, 12 guys in a game doesn't matter. And honestly, and I think it, this is, you know, you'd agree with me, if he does pitch to a little bit more contact, he is a little bit more efficient, he will strike guys out still by being ahead in counts early and forcing guys to swing early. I think he can get some strikeouts because of that, you know, if you if you are a little more efficient that way. Absolutely. And one thing to point out is, is, you know, he had virtually no spring. Uh, and so his his pitch count wasn't built up and everything. And he still made it into the sixth inning. Uh, you, you, you expand that pitch count to 100, 110. And suddenly that game was a seven inning game, which is what you're looking for for him. So, uh, you know, he was on pace to do that. He just couldn't they just didn't want him to go beyond 82 or 83 pitches. And I thought you, know, you had an interesting quote from uh, Francona about kind of how his balls were, were, were going in two different directions and how how hard that was for for the pit, for the Indians hitters to get a beat on. Um, you know, his his movement is still exceptional. And, uh, you know, that's that's still what makes Felix what what he is and he hasn't lost that and you're you're right i do think there will be more strikeouts as if he works that way uh it's just it's just a matter of him believing in that setup i mean look mike leak has never been like a guy with a lot of velocity and stuff like that and you know you look at what he did today seven innings the longest outing two runs five hits you know not a ton of strikeouts but He's out there, and you can pitch that way at the big league level and not have overpowering stuff. If your secondary stuff is good and you, you understand how to get outs, I think Felix needs to learn that or I, or else just believe in it. Believe that that's a, a viable way for him and that it isn't. he doesn't have to be the other guy before. It took CeCe Sabathia a long time to do that, but I know that that's kind of like the Mariners' hope is that like Felix kind of goes the way of CC and kind of figures out that, hey, I can be a pretty effective pitcher if I do it this way. It's just going to take some reinforcement because with baseball players, if you've done it one way all the time, uh, you know, you might have some fleeting success, but the moment it doesn't work out right, you want to go back to the old way. Well, I don't know that Felix can go back to the old way and have success. 
Yeah, and this is it's not like the Mariners began this discussion this spring. It's been a it's been a work in progress for about two years. So uh he's you know, maybe he's already had his stubborn moment of no, I'm not gonna do this. Been humbled a little last year with with even when he wasn't hurt, he was getting hit around a little. So uh it's not like this is just they're just trying this in 2018. They've been trying this for a while. So uh, maybe through trial and error, it's now it's now uh, uh, hitting home with him. And the other, you know, encouraging thing is it was opening day. If ever there was going to be a ramped up, amped yeah. up Felix, where he uh, where he's going to try and and go back to his old ways, you'd think that would be it. But he but he really did stay within himself, to use the old cliche. And uh, to me, that's, that's really encouraging if he could do that on opening day when, they, when he, there's every reason in the world for him to kind of abandon that. Okay, before we go any further, i got to apologize. If you hear me sniffling or if I sound funny, I have horrible allergies right now, like the pollen or whatever. I, it's it's bad. Larry saw me the other night in the club or in the press box. My eyes are so red. It looks like I've been watching Old Yeller on repeat for every day for like twenty four <laughs> hours a day. I'm rubbing my eyes. My nose is all kind of plugged up, and then it's runny. So, I I, I don't I don't didn't used to have to deal with this as much, but for whatever reason, allergies the last few years have just crushed me. So that's why I sound funny. If you hear me sniffling, I apologize. Well, I can vouch for for all of that you just said. You were a you were a constant like sniff sniffle machine. Yeah, oh, and the, then I was rubbing my eyes. My eyes are so red. Like people are looking at me funny. I'm sure they thought that I was taking part in the Merry Mart and all these different places in Tacoma that have legalized marijuana because my eyes. I mean, I could barely even open them. It was just miserable. I mean, I, my <laughs> eyes are squinty to start with. We don't need. To, I don't need any help with that. Speaking of which, I, I noted that this to you in a text today, but I will put it out there for the world. Uh, being in Tacoma today uh, for lunch, or for dinner rather, I, I, it seemed like there was a marijuana shop on just about every block. My, my wife and I were stunned at how many marijuana shops there were in, in Tacoma. <laughs> so, is that why you is that why you live down there? Ah, uh, no, smarty, <laughs> no. Okay, um, uh, no. But it, there is a lot. I live on Sixth Avenue in Tacoma, and there's, I mean, you, I, they're they're just everywhere. I, it's big business. Maybe I, we should have went into that in journalism. We could probably be rich right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's the way to go. Uh, any other lowlights other than the designated hitter tripping on the or slipping on the stairs and twisting his ankle? Yeah, I mean, I think that and Zunino. Though uh, that's that was devastating. I think for the Mariners because. Uh, all we talked about all spring was how Zunino looked poised for this huge year. He uh, he was he had a great spring. He was he was scalding the ball, and they they honestly thought he was going to carry that right into the season, and this was going to be a breakout All Star year for him. And it still very well may be, but to have him start the year in the DL with of all things an oblique injury, and you know we talked about this with uh, with other guys. They could be as optimistic as they want. This, oh, we caught it early. Oh, this one doesn't seem serious. He might be back in when his ten-day DL stint is up. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little skeptical on that. And obliques just, just have this crazy way of lingering, and it's, it could be fine and feel fine until you take a, a swing, which is not <laughs> what the oblique is designed to do. And 
so, uh, you, you know, it would be great for the Mariners if he's back in Minnesota when he's eligible to come off the DL on the next road trip. But uh, I'm going to just be a little bit uh, cautious on that one. Who gets back first, Zanino or Cruz? Uh, I think Cruz. I mean, he may not even go on the DL. Uh, and he wasn't going to play probably very much in, in San Francisco. Uh, you know, they're going to San Francisco on Tuesday and Wednesday. They weren't going to play him in right field. There is no way they're going to play him in right field in San Francisco. Given how big right field is there and given how he's been dinged up, he was going to only pinch hit. So you have tomorrow, we're recording the Sunday night, so Monday off day, Tuesday, Wednesday essentially. Maybe you pinch hit him or not, but – um, you'll have three days. Maybe he could be back. The Mariners really believe, I, you know, Zanino's going to go work out with Tacoma, and they think he's going to be taking swings as soon as Tuesday. So they really believe he could be back on Saturday. So is Cruz back before Saturday? Let's see. Uh, is there a game in Minnesota on Friday? No, there's a game on Thursday in Minnesota. Thursday. Uh, I think Cruz will be back for that game. That's my so I, I believe he will beat Zunino back. Okay. Uh, that's and and I am not ready to put money on Zunino being back on Saturday. Uh, maybe I'm completely off base and being unnecessarily pessimistic, but it's an oblique, so we'll see. Yeah, that's pretty much all. I mean, look, there are some other minor lowlights of the 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 home stand or the the first series. You know, Seager. Got his first hit, and it was a bit of a gift, a bad hop. Um, you know, he's he's just a slow starter, and I know it drives Scott Service mad when you mention it because, you know, it's just like somehow if you just say you're a slow starter, then it becomes acceptable to have a slow start, and I don't think they want Kyle thinking that. Um, Ryan Healy, has he gotten a hit yet? I don't think he has. No, Healy's still looking for his first hit. Uh, yeah, Seager. Um you know, Mar- Marjima hadn't gotten a hit yet in those two Vogelbach games that he played. Vogelbach hasn't gotten one yet. No. Like yeah, Vogelbach, you just wonder about <laughs> he had that great spring and then all of a sudden you shut him down for, for well, almost a week, I guess, when you count uh, the the off days leading up to the opening day and then the first two games of the year, all he does is pinch hit against Cody Allen, you know, a tough closer. Uh, and then he gets a start today and didn't look so hot. So, you know, you, you hope you, that uh, his, whatever confidence he had been built up doesn't get crushed here early in the season, but he'll get some more. Uh, he'll certainly, don't you think, actually, there's no DH in San Francisco. No, there so. isn't. I don't know. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll get some pinch hits. He might start one game. You never, I didn't look at the matchups. Um, yeah. He'll certainly, if, if Cruz isn't ready and, and, um, uh, Minneapolis, he'll he'll start there. It that yeah, I mean that's a minor deal because I I don't think Vogelbach will be on the team after April 11th. I think he'll be a casualty of the roster, kind of shuffling. Um, but other, a couple other things. The only thing other kind of minor things I noticed. One uh, Juan Nicasio gave up the bomb today. He looked good the other night, but velocity is still only 93-94 on his fastball. And I've been told it's going to build. It's going to build as it gets warmer, and that does happen with guys. So, uh, you know, he was 96-97 to last year. He's only 93-94. to 94. Uh, He gave up a home run on the on a slider, so he just backed up, and it got Edwin Encarnacion crushed that about a million miles. Uh, and then the other thing, um, in Adam Jude, we have a – 
uh, an IM thread, a bunch of sports writers, and Adam Jude pointed out, and I noticed it as well, uh, is that with D. Gordon on first base, it's hard for him to steal bases because Gene Segura is mm-hmm. a hacker. I mean, he just hacks. He's up there. He's trying to swing to get a hit. He's not, like, watching a lot of pitches. So there was, I think, three occasions where D. Gordon had a bag stolen, essentially, and into scoring position. And Gene, I think, fouled off two and then popped out another one. And even today, I guess, he singled, uh, or was it yesterday maybe, he singled on a play where D. had had basically second stolen. Now, you know, you want the singles, obviously. You don't want Gene Segura to not be who he is. But at the same time... If you're not allowing D. Gordon to get you a free bag and get to second base, that takes away from the value that D. Gordon brings to your team. Yeah, and that's that's part of the job of the number two hitter behind a guy like D. Gordon has been for for throughout baseball. You know, the guys hitting behind the Maury Wills or Lou Brock or Ricky Henderson or Vince Coleman or whoever. Can we get somebody know, the... in the 2000s? Can you bring up a name? <laughs> I will, guys stopped stealing a hundred bases in the two thousand. So uh, now, now you got guys feel stealing sixty like uh, like Gordon. And yeah, that's, Billy Hamilton. That's, yeah, I don't think what's he got in the seventies. I think. Uh, yeah, you I mean you, you? Yeah, I, he's got to give him a chance to to go. You're right. That, that's just that's going to start getting frustrating for D. Gordon. And I yeah, that definitely happened in the opener. He had that base stolen and and uh, Segura. Uh, fouled it away, and so he has to has to go back. Uh, and in I the would long think... run, it only helps Segura out more than anything. It helps him out because there's no force play. As a runner in scoring position, you get a single. D's a good enough runner; he's probably going to score. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna boost his his RBI title. I'm sure he doesn't want to give away a hittable strike uh, because you know that pitchers are going to start throwing fastballs. They want to throw fastballs with with Gordon up so that. The, give the catcher a chance to throw him out, and I'm sure that makes uh, Segura's mouth water. But um, you know, you gotta you gotta do things for the team, and particularly when you're hitting in that in that spot. All right, that's enough of the Mariners. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's three games. What are we gonna talk about? I, you know, D. Gordon was great today. He hit a bomb when you were supposed to. Hanniger has been exceptional. I don't, was he even playing in games when you were in spring training? Uh, no, he was he was out. He uh, um, I'm trying to, <laughs> I can't even remember what his injury was. Hand now. injury. Oh, hand injury. Yeah, no, he was, he was nursing that. I think he started to, uh, I think he may have come back the last day or two that I was there. How about, uh, I guess one other low light would be Paxton. Uh, I haven't heard your take on that. Uh, he has such high hopes for him this year. There was a debate about whether he should be opening day starter. You, we could say now that that they made the right choice there. When yeah, you are you going to say that you were right in that debate? Too, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to gloat about uh, writing that back in uh, February, that Felix should be the opening day. Starter. <laughs> not a, I, that's, that's beneath me. I'm bigger than that. But, uh, that was not an <laughs> impressive outing for Paxton. You know, you, you wrote about how he just never got his rhythm. Uh, he was fighting that the whole, the whole game His secondary pitches weren't effective. Uh, I think it really hurt him when he couldn't get that. He, he he had a couple of guys full counts in the first inning, and he couldn't put them away. Particularly, uh, Rajay Davis was fouling off ball after ball, and four fouls with two strikes, and then he walks them. Yeah. And uh, that's got to be frustrating on back-to-back hitters. And then all of a sudden, the bases are loaded, and Alonzo unloads on one. 
Yeah, you know, another thing I think, and you don't want to lay the blame on Marjama because, you know, the guy's out there trying, but Paxton had never pitched to him before, really, in a game. And he, if you noticed last year, and we've talked about this before, but because Carlos Ruiz struggled to catch velocity, he never caught Paxton last year. It wasn't a coincidence when they sent Zanino down, Paxton went Paxton with the DL. They could do that. Um, and I think Tuffy Ghost, which could have caught Paxton because I'm sure, you know, that's, he's fine defensively, but Paxton has pitched with Zanino so much that I think you switch catchers, you get, you know, it's, it's not like the game plan isn't different, but it's just like the way, the pace of it, the signs, everything that you're familiar with, I think that affected him. I'm not saying that affected his command, but I think that affected his pacing and his rhythm. He worked a lot slower than he normally does. He likes to get the ball and go, and I felt like he worked a lot slower than he normally does, and I think that's part of it. And that's not a knock on Marjima. That's just, you know, because he he's only pitched to Zanino, basically, for the last 25 or 30 starts of his career. Yeah, and that's another hidden cost of losing Zanino at the start of the season. He, you know, Marjima had to catch Felix on opening day, and he never caught him even in spring training. Uh, and uh, he's going to have to really do a crash course in learning all these guys on the staff because Zunino now has been here. He, he's one of the veterans on the team, and uh, uh, he's caught everybody, knows their their tendencies and all that. So that's a that's another big loss, and, and Service pointed that out. Uh, it's not just the bat. It's the way he handles the pitching staff. And now you have two rookies with about a combined 10 games in the major leagues who are going to have to handle the, the catching until Zunino gets back. All right. Uh, so now that we've, we've kind of dispensed with the first series, I wrote my Saturday or my Sunday column because when Larry became Mr. Big Time Column, this, you know, what he does the Sunday baseball page and they bequeathed that to me and not the backup that they were going to give me, but I haven't had. So <laughs> I'm just getting myself in trouble. Um, but so I wrote, um, you know, this time of year, you essentially do um, picks for the the BBWA awards, rookie of the year, MVP, Cy Young, um, probably not in that order of importance, but uh, you do those. Uh, and then I, I stopped doing our big post where we pick each division and winner and the World Series thing because a few people complained on there like, we don't care what you guys think. Oh, you cared enough to comment on it. But I, <laughs> mostly it was just like the formatting thing. Those radio guys, I tell you what, Jason Puckett, Jim Moore, Salk, like you give them instructions on how to fill that out and they couldn't follow it. I mean, radio guys, <laughs> sand my – oh. God, drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I could. I I loved reading that, and and I loved the 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 pictures that you dug up of everybody, except the one I hated the ones you dug up of me. But everybody else, I loved. Uh, so I kind of wish you brought that back. But I understand how uh, tortuous it was to have to format format that well, for I, for what? How many? You went about thirty different guys. Yeah, and, and you, you format it, and then people complain about it. You're like, all right, well then, you know what? All right, fine, whatever. Um, but maybe we'll bring it back next year. I, I just I think it's part of that I ran out of pictures of you. But if I I talk to your son, I think I can get some good stuff. So maybe I'll... <laughs> he doesn't have the really bad ones that he doesn't even know exist. I have under lock and key of the you know the. Uh, 
the gigantic uh, Oscar Gamble afro I had when I was in college. I bet your so, wife. If, I feel like if I give her some gluten free, like bribe her with some gluten free <laughs> something or other snacks, maybe she'll help me out. She doesn't even know where these are. I mean, I'm telling you, nobody is. Nobody knows where these are but me. So, and it's going to stay that way. All right, let's go quickly through the divisions. Who do you got for your divisional winners? Uh, AL. We'll start in the AL. Oh, well, let me – I'm going to pull out the special section here where we ran that side because I can't remember maybe who I picked. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, oh, we didn't even pick No, those, we only we? picked the Mariners <laughs> record. So it's not that difficult. Let's go to the uh, yeah. AL East, Larry. Who AL do you got? East, I, Yankees I got the Yankees. Or Red Sox? I think the Yankees are the best pitcher uh, – excuse me, the best team in baseball. You think they're going to win been... 105 games, don't you? I've been high on the Yankees uh, ever since this offseason started to unfold. I, I just, you know, the, the Dylan Batances worries me a little bit. I, their, their bullpen is tremendous, uh, but Batances looks like he, again, has uh, got all kinds of head problems. So maybe he's not as dominant as he was in the first half last year. Dylan Batances works out with Iron Glenn in the offseason, too. I want to point oh. out. <laughs> maybe that explains it. <laughs> but the but you know, adding Stanton, Stanton Judge, and Sanchez is just uh, should be illegal. So I got the Yankees in the in the East. Okay, Central. Who you got? I'd imagine. I Cleveland. got the I got Cleveland. Uh, you know, the White Sox are a team on the rise. It's got a lot of young talent. They may be the breakout team. I I'm not a big believer in the Twins, even though they made the playoffs last year. So uh, that's who I got. West. West Astros, yeah. easiest call of all, I think. They're going to be a 100-win team, maybe 100, 102. Uh, adding Garrett Cole. Uh, what, you strike out they, 11 today? Yeah. I mean, their their rotation is is ridiculous. Uh, Verlander looks just as good as, as always. Keiko McCullers looks good. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's just a great team. Okay, so we got – I need your two wildcard teams. Uh, Red Sox and, uh, um, Angels. Huh. Yeah, I, I can't really argue with you. I think, I think they're good. So I will go all three of those division winners and I will have the Red Sox. I, I don't Say know. It. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> saying the pick Mariners. Them <laughs> I already said they're only going to win like 79 games, so. I think that the, um, but I, I just worry that, that the AL East might cannibalize itself a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we hit. We, they say that all the time, but it never seems to happen, really. I'm I'm wavering, but I think the Blue Jays because they can hit a little bit and they just kind of find ways. I don't know. I give up. I'll, I'm not copying you. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go on a flyer. I'm gonna take the Baltimore Orioles to get the second wild card team. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not. They're starting pitching. Uh, scares me a little bit. Well, yeah, uh, but you could say that about every second wildcard team. I mean, the Mariners, the no, Angels, that's the Orioles, the Blue Jays. I mean, I think even the Twins. I think all those teams have a chance. But I'll just go the Orioles just for something different. Okay. I like Adam Jones. Uh, so who do you got winning the AL? Yankees. Okay, Yankees. Yeah, I got them winning the World Series, so I guess uh, I got to win the AL first. Okay, so let's go to the NL. NL West. Let's start with the NL East. Who you got? NL East, the Nationals just are – I mean, they win it. 
they, they seems like they win it every year and then and then uh, bomb out in the playoffs. Uh, Scherzer and Strasburg is about as good a one two one two punch as you've got in baseball. Uh, great lineup. I think Harper is my MVP choice. I think I pick him every year. Yes, you do. But, and I was right once. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I got to go with the Nationals, and I think they're they're also a hundred win type team. Uh, who do you got in the Central? Uh, Cubs. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's boring, but it's it's looks like the same teams as last year are going to be. Uh, the, that's sort of the stratification of baseball. Is there's these the seven, super, six, super teams, super teams, and they all got stronger to the way I, I or didn't get much weaker, and nobody really made a move. I guess the Brewers uh, of any team that. Uh, Really, yeah, I admire what they did. They they didn't do what a lot of teams did and uh, stand pat. They they really were aggressive and, um, you know, I, I think I'll pick them for a wild card when we get to that. But uh, I go Brewers in the or excuse me, Cubs in the in the Central. Could you imagine in your lifetime ever saying it's getting old hat picking the Cubs to win the Central? <laughs> I mean, holy cow! Yeah, exactly. Not to oh, the Cubs, and the, Cubs and the Red Sox, the yeah. two losers, have be, completely changed their. Are you eating potato chips or? No, I'm drinking water. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, they've completely changed their. Uh, you know what you think of when you think of them. Water with something in it. Okay. Uh, NL West, who you got? Well, God, I don't want to pick the Dodgers. I don't what? want to pick the Dodgers, but uh, just because I, again, I don't want to pick every team that won the, the division last year. I have two repeat. words for you, Larry. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I got two words for you. Back problems. <laughs> <laughs> he had I mean, back he problems it. last year. He went 18-4. and four. I know, but uh, he still hasn't gotten through a full season now in the uh, in two years, I mean, Max Scherzer has won the last two Cy Youngs, which I think you almost forget uh, because you just assume Kershaw has won all of them. Uh, and he probably would have if he had stayed healthy. His numbers were tremendous, but he's, he hasn't put that 30 start season together. Uh, I'll go Dodgers because I just think they, they do have the best team. So we already know the Brewers are one of your wild cards. Who's your other wild card? Uh, I am going to, uh, you know, last year they both came out of the West, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, but I'm going to go the New York Mets for my other wild card. I just love, I love that rotation. Syndergaard, uh, is a, is a animal DeGrom, you know, uh, some of their other guys, uh, Steven Matz, Seth Lugo. Yeah. 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 Uh, they look like their they, their pitching is as good as anyone. If you get them into the postseason, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Okay. I, I would go all three of the same with you in the in the division champions. I'm going uh, Diamondbacks again, and they were surprised last year. But I love Paul Goldschmidt. I love AJ Pollock. Love Jake Lamb. I I think you know their pitching is pretty decent actually. Uh, I don't trust the Mets. They get hurt more than the Mariners. I mean, yeah, no, they, they're they do. That's they, it. They're they're wonderful. Their rotation for the ages is hasn't been together. I don't think uh, one day somebody's always hurt. But the, you take them each individually and think that if they're healthy, 
and then put them all together, it's it's it could be a force. My my head says besides the Brewers to go with the Cardinals because of Osuna and some of the stuff they added, but I don't trust their pitching staff that much, and I really just Cardinals fans annoy the hell out of me. So hmm. I'm gonna go. Like I said, I'm gonna go Brewers and Diamondbacks and. Who do you got winning the NL? I have got the uh, uh, the Washington Nationals finally breaking that first round jinx under their new manager Dave Martinez, who I covered as a player with the San Francisco Giants and really liked. Uh, so I'd like to see him um, do well. Uh, it's 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 hard to fathom that a team with Scherzer and Strasburg in a short series can't win can't win and get to the get to the world series and one of these years it's going to happen i'm going to go astros in the american league and i'm going to go um i think i had cubs in the paper but i i'm readjusting i i want to go nationals <laughs> okay so three I'm days go, into the season you're yeah. dumping the uh, you're dumping the cubs yeah i'm i'm dumping the cubs i i don't even know i i like i was just stressed i had to pick something i was getting emails and phone calls so i just Pick something. I, I want to go the Nationals and the Astros, which I think I picked last year. I'm picking the Astros to win it again. That, I mean, you, you can't second guess that pick. The Astros are fully capable of winning it. I just, uh, I just see this as a, as the Yankees year. They're gonna get, they're gonna get somebody. They're gonna get a huge pickup at the trade deadline because they're back in Yankee mode again, and they'll, they'll, somebody will be available. Machado or somebody like Or that. James Paxton, apparently, according to Ken Davidoff. Yeah, exactly. James Paxton. Or some some would be uh, some, some team that wants to load up on on uh, Glaber Torres or one of those guys that they're always threatening to trade but never do. Well, I, uh, I think they would trade Clint Frazier. Um, and that's I know Davidoff wrote for Paxton, but the Mariners would want more than that for James Paxton. I think the the Astros though, are in the same position. They have enough prospects. They can trade a guy or two to get some help. They did it last year. I just don't see a lot of holes in the in the Astros lineup. Like you look at the Yankees, and I know that that kid at the played second base hit some homers or, or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. The Yankees bullpen is ridiculous. Like I was watching it the other day. I mean. Uh, Canely is like pitching the sixth inning. He's throwing a hundred miles an hour on every pitch. It's just yeah, no, they got they, from the sixth inning on. They could throw that kind of pitcher at you uh, till they get to Chapman to to close and uh, and their rotation's not that bad either. With Severino and uh, you know CC and uh, Sonny Gray and uh, Tanaka, Tanaka, you know that that'll that, that'll fly. Now, I really uh, like the the Astros rotation though with Keiko Verlander. I mean, if Garrett Cole's your four, that's not bad. Yeah, I, it could, could be a great ALC. Yes, when the, the, those two in a seven game series, I'd love to see that. Okay, uh, since we got through all that, we've got our World Series picks. I'll be right, Larry will be wrong because that's what happens. I didn't even go back and look because we actually sent in picks last year and I never posted them. I'd have to go back and look. I don't even remember. I think I picked the Astros to win it all last year, though. I think I had the Astros over the Dodgers in seven, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> lie, <laughs> lie so much. 
Uh, okay, so now we'll get to the part, like, the, the Sunday column on the awards. Um, we will start in the American League, because that's what we know first. Ameri- I, I need your American League MVP, and then I need a Dark Horse MVP candidate. All right, well, you gave me a little bit of advance warning, not much, so I, I jotted down some names here. Uh, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb and just uh, pick... A guy you may not be familiar with, but Mike Trout. Have you heard of him? <laughs> yeah, for my <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> I mean, you could just, you know, you could just do this in your sleep. Uh, Trout's the best player in baseball still, and he's still in his. He hasn't he barely hit his prime. So uh, until I see any signs of decline, I'm going to always put Trout down for the AL MVP and Dark Horse. A couple of guys I, I jotted down. Jose Abreu of the uh, White Sox, he, he's, he can put up a 45 homer, 120 RBI season. And uh, Max Kepler, how about that, of the, uh, of the Twins. I really like that guy. And, uh, wow, that is really dark horse there. <laughs> um, yeah, with, like with Trout, it's not wrong if you pick him. I know it's not sexy pick, because, but it should be sexy because he's the best player in baseball. And as I think I wrote, I will, as long as I'm doing that column or whatever, I will pick Mike Trout to be the AL MVP every year until he goes to the Phillies in like 2021. And then I'll pick <laughs> him to be the NL MVP because he's that good. Yeah, I mean, he would have won last year. He was on his way to his best season, and then he then he got hurt. That's about the only thing that that could stop him or a triple crown from uh, Cabrera. Uh, you know, he's got two MVPs, and he. Easily could have had three others. Yeah, it's, um, it's absurd. It's incredible. It is, yeah. So, yeah. So, my dark horse, I would say, I would say, sound like Robbie Cano, uh, one of my dark horses <laughs> would probably be Gary Sanchez of the Yankees. I think he can put up more numbers than those other guys because I think he's a really complete hitter. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I had another one that I really liked. Wasn't it? Uh, oh, well, he's not really a dark horse, but Cisco Lindor, I mean, we just yeah. watched him for three games. That's Mariners probably should have drafted him. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Carlos Correa is another guy who's just insanely talented and uh, could easily win an MVP I mean, one they of these have years. Springer and Altuve and Correa could all win on that team because they all put up that kind of numbers and they're all good enough defensively as well right and i mean look at the start they're off to as well uh, uh, correa and altuve are off to unbelievable starts uh altuve at the end of the year you know he's going to put up 215 hits and hit 330 just he does he, he does that about every year so uh, he's going to be right up there top five uh, for sure all right let's get to the uh cy young who you got I got Chris Sale. Uh, he, one of these years, he's going to win it. He's always right there. Uh, you know, just great stuff. He's on a wins shouldn't matter much anymore, but he's on a team where he could rack up the wins. Um, so uh, he looked he looked nasty in his first start. So it looks like he's on top of his game. So uh, I'll go Sale. Yeah, I'd sail in the paper. Uh, who who you got for like a dark horse candidate? Uh, Jose Barrios with the Twins. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy's nasty. Complete game shutout today. 
Yeah, I you know I I hadn't even I swear to God I hadn't even seen that when I made that choice, but uh, uh, he's a guy that sort of has a reputation of being the next big thing in in American League pitching circles, so he's my choice. My guy, I wanted to go why because Archer, I mean he's not he's still like a, a normal candidate, but the guy I want to go with is Lance McCullers, that mm-hmm. guy. His curveball is the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It is filthy. It spins so fast. And I was talking to players about it, and they just can't pick up the spin. It looks like a fastball coming out of his hand. It just dies. So he would, he has trouble staying healthy as well. But, I mean, when he is healthy, that would be my dark horse candidate because he's also on a really good team. Yeah. Uh, I thought about him as well. I just was worried about him getting the 30 starts that you need to, to win the Cy Young. But if he could do that, uh, he's absolutely going to be up, up there. Okay. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, we didn't do NL side, did we? No, um, we got to go. Well, we're still doing AL. Oh, well, yeah, we are still doing rookie AL, aren't we? AL rookie, uh, year. AL rookie of the year. Uh, you know, I, I'm not that <laughs> up it's on the Shohei Otani, dude. You say, on, say, Shohei Otani, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I, Glaber. I know Glaber Torres is still a rookie with the with the Yankees, and yeah, and he's got a lot of expectations on him. But uh, I, I forget sometimes that those uh, those Japanese players who have already put up numbers in Japan are rookies. You know, Sasaki won Rookie of the Year. Ichiro won Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think Darvish won Rookie of the Year, so uh, yeah, Shohei yeah. Otani. He looked he looked great today too. Yeah, you know, for all the worries about him and him getting hit around this spring, he was throwing a hundred miles an hour today. So maybe he was uh, sort of pacing himself in spring. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, like, I if Matt Chapman or Matt Olson from uh, the A's were eligible, I would you know, take a chance on them, but neither of them are eligible. They played too much. So, um, yeah, you got to go Otani. I, I wrote this up. Would you detract from Otani in your rookie of the year candidate? Like say he was really good as a pitcher, but he was really stinky as a batter. Does that detract away from him or because it's so absurd to what he's trying to do that you can't do that? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think it would probably detract because the whole player. Uh, yeah, I think you have to take that into account. If he's if he's a great pitcher, but he's got 300 at bats and he's hitting 200, uh, I think that detracts a little. So, um, you know, this is unprinted. <laughs> there's no precedent on this, so you're sort of making it up as you go along. I can just see the Murray Chass blog post now. Babe Ruth would have been better. <laughs> yeah uh murray murray is uh the def- the very definition of uh the get off your lawn uh guy yeah exactly okay let's go to the nl uh nl mvp who you got i've got uh bryce harper uh, of course he, of course I, have you ever I, not chosen bryce harper I, I, I do have a man crush on bryce harper and it's his it's his walk year you know he's a free yeah. agent after after this season so both same with machado who we didn't yeah, we, mention but yeah we didn't even mention him as a possible mvp candidate 
as in a yeah. walk here, but yeah, and he's he's his talent is off the charts as well. Uh, but you know, Harper needs to stay healthy as well. He's had some 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 injury issues, but uh, I, I think it's hard to to go wrong with with a guy like Harper. I mean, you've got. Uh, uh, the the guys with the Dodgers, Bellinger, Seager, um, with a full year, they're off to slow starts, but they, I mean, they got a lot of talent, and uh, I think that they'll be there. Uh, Goldschmidt's always there, um, one, and Arenado, I think, was your choice, which is a great choice. Uh, he'll put up, particularly in Colorado, he'll put up big numbers for sure. Yeah, yeah, I went with Arenado. Oh, who's your? Do, who do you got for your dark horse? I've got two guys that came to mind. Jonas, Jonas Cespedes, uh, just seems ready to put together a big year, huge year to me. Uh, and Anthony Rendon, uh, in the, in that lineup, it's uh, you know who do you? There's there's so many guys to pitch to pitch to. You can't pitch around everyone, so. Uh, I think Rendon is a batting champion waiting to happen, and uh, he he could he's talented enough to to put the kind of MVP numbers, particularly in that lineup. I think. Yeah, I, I thought so. I have Arenado because you know I get to watch him a lot in spring training, and he's ridiculous. Um, his work ethic. He 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 loves Adrian Beltre who I like to watch too. And so he follows a lot of that. So I picked him. I don't give a damn about course field numbers. They have the humidor. They got a lot of other stuff. Uh, he's just fantastic. Like if you watch him, you're just amazed. So he's my guy. I debated between him and Paul Goldschmidt, who I have a certifiable man crush on as well as AJ Pollock and Jake Lamb. Like I like the diamondbacks offense for whatever reason. I like watching them hit. Um, and then, uh, as far as my dark horse MVP candidate, I, I looked at a couple guys. I mean, I I thought about Corey Seager. It's not necessarily a dark horse because he finished third, but, you know, on on that team. Um, and I thought about Christian Yelich, of all people. I think that might be my guy. Christian Yelich because he goes to a team. You add Locaine in there. They have some pieces around him. He's really good, and that park is a lot better to play in than Marlins, whatever that abomination that Marlins Park is. And uh, you're playing in a lot better parks offensively in the AL or in the NL Central. So I'm going to go with Christian Yelich as my dark horse pick. I like it. You've always liked Yelich. I remember going back to when he was first coming up, he loved his swing. Oh, man. Uh, it's just, just, he just looks, it's, I mean, and he's so skinny, but it just, you can't believe the power he generates for being so skinny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he really hasn't put together, a, I think, the monster season that he has within him. And and you're right, this might be the uh, the circumstances to bring that out. Okay. Uh, NL Cy Young, is, are we got a Trout situation there where you always pick Kershaw or Scherzer? Uh, I, uh, I went, uh, I thought about each of those guys. You went Strasburg, didn't you? I went Strasburg, yeah. <laughs> I know you. I know you how you think. You do know me. I think I I may pick Strasburg. Uh, I may do the exact same reasoning every year and then forget that I did it la- the previous year. But, I mean, the the guy is really good. And yeah. 
he's he's another guy that I think has a monster year in him where he's just almost unhittable from from beginning to end. Uh, you know, Scherzer and Kershaw have got to be the two favorites. Uh, that how many Cy Youngs in a row have one of one or the other of those guys won? Uh, well, Scherzer's won three now, I think, right? Counting yeah. one with the Tigers and two with the Nationals, and, and Kershaw's won four, I believe, uh, and been runner-up a few times. So you certainly can't go wrong with either of those guys, but I just, just have a funny feeling that this will be Strasburg's year. Yeah, uh, I went with Kershaw because I follow the Trout rule, but anytime mm-hmm. Kershaw's there, I will pick him. I I get the Strasburg pick. I think I had him as the runner-up in the paper. Um but yeah, I, I just can't help it. I love Kershaw. And I love Scherzer, actually. I love Scherzer, how he competes. He's a good dude. I like that he's like energetic in the dugout, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I went with uh, Kershaw. Who is your your dark horse pick? Well, I am going to go with a rising young pitcher. This is going to make Kevin Shockey very happy. Oh. Uh, Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Uh, if... Provided the Gabe Kapler. <laughs> How about Gabe Kapler? Yeah, man, he ain't winning Manager of the Year, is he? No, I mean, did did I or did I not say I I I, uh, I may have said this to Shockey before the season even started that I my concern with with Kapler was that he was going to try and show how smart he was and reinvent baseball and all that. And he seems to be doing that with, uh, you know, all the pitching changes that he's making, pulling uh, Nola in the midst of a shutout on opening day with a five, nothing lead. And then it fell apart and they lost and he took a lot of heat. He's already taken, you know, uh, I don't want to rush to judgment. I think he's got a lot of good qualities as a manager and, uh, he'll settle into the job, and uh, he made a big, big mistake the other day when he didn't have his reliever ready, and had to stall on the mound, and uh, really ticked off the, the Braves manager who ended up getting thrown out, uh, complaining because he went out to the mound and to pull his pitcher, and his reliever had not even gotten up in the bullpen, so he had to stall. Uh, but uh, Nola. Uh, he's 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 one of the the best young pitchers in the league, and he he had a full year under his belt last year, so he he's got a little bit of experience, and now I think he's ready to uh, take that next step. I had a few different um, dark horses. I liked Robbie Ray of the of mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks. You know, lefty. He really dominated last year at times. I actually thought Big Ken Jansen, just because we haven't seen a closer for a while. I know you're biased against closers, but when that guy's right, he's damn near unhittable. Um, So I looked at those guys. But I'm going to go with the old man. I'm going to go with my dark horse pick being Rich Hill of the Dodgers. Captain Curveball. The guy throws like 57 curveballs a game. I would go with him because... You know, he gets hurt a lot, too, but I just like watching him pitch. He's kind of crazy. He's got he's emotional out there, so that's who I'm going to go with. And that, I was thinking about this as I watched him pitch tonight, so I went with Rich Hill. It's funny. I have, on my sheet of paper here, I have Aaron Nola's circled, and right above him I have written Rich Hill for my in the Dark Horse list. So I didn't say it, but I do have it written down here, it, so I agree with you on that one. It's really terrifying how much we think alike. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what happens when you uh, when you work side by side. Uh, yes. Person. Yeah, when we spend when we spend hours at the Texas Roadhouse eating free rolls, which I could eat. Oh, somewhere. yeah. I wish you hadn't mentioned that. I feel like one of those one of those cinnamon infested, hot buttered rolls right now. Okay, well, we got one more uh, rookie of the year. Uh, I went with the Braves, uh, Ronald Acuna. Acuna Matata. Uh, Acuna Matata. They sent him down. They pulled the Chris Bryant trick uh, to to get him, uh, so keep him down long enough so that they get an extra year of uh, club control. But from everything I've read, they're going to bring him up. And uh, I watched him a little in spring training. This guy is a superstar in the making. Uh, And... If he gets 500 at bats, I think he'll be a runaway rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was gonna try and go away from the norm and go like um, Scott Kingery of the Phillies or even Luis Gohara, but who's kind of dinged up, so I don't know that he's gonna be ready to go. So I'll go Acuna too. I mean, he was, he was ridiculous. I saw him at the Futures game. It's, he's the truth. Uh, not as you know what no nothing he did will be as cool as what uh, what Vlad Guerrero Jr. did at the uh, in Montreal hitting that walk off bomb that was the coolest thing I've seen all year already yeah that was that was awesome I, he'll be he'll be my when we do this in a year when we're podcasting in 2019 uh, I'll probably pick Vlad Guerrero for my and uh, American League Rookie of the Year with the Blue Jays but he's he's starting a double A this year I think he'll probably make it to the majors by September. And then be ready to go next year. You're awfully optimistic about next year already. <laughs> that we're both going to be here, yeah, <laughs> with jo- with jobs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or even alive for that matter. You never know. I eat a lot of bad foods for me. <laughs> well, yeah, let's let let let's be a little more optimistic than that. We'll be here. We'll be okay. here next year. All right. Anything else? You got anything else? Any other thoughts about baseball? I mean, it's been pretty cool to have baseball back. I got to admit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tweeted this out. I, one of the un, unsung great things is uh, box scores to pour over. Uh, yeah, I love, you, you know, I think that's one thing where newspapers still are best. You, you know, you can look them up online, but I love having the newspaper and having uh, 15 box scores on Monday morning to just sit there all in one spot and look them over while I'm having breakfast and and uh, that's one of the great joys of my life, which maybe shows what a pathetic life I have. But <laughs> I do love looking at box scores. Favorite team box score that you ever like to look at? Uh, well, I guess it would be growing up, my the Dodgers that I rooted for. Yeah. Co- uh, Koufax, Drysdale, those guys. 88 Red Sox. I loved the 88 Red Sox. I loved Mike Greenwell, and I'd always check the box scores every day to see what – Mike Greenwell and Ellis Burks would do every day. I think that's because I had their baseball cards. And then I always checked the Twins because I had to see out what Kirby did every day. Yeah, yeah, that's well, when there's one guy that you love, and you uh, or a guy's chasing a record or something, and uh, you know you used to have to wait for the morning. Uh, now you can go on at night and look on you know, look on MLB.com or whatever and grab the box score, uh, but. In the old days, when uh, there was really no internet, when I was a kid, you had to wait for the box score in the morning to find out how all the games went. And uh, uh, if somebody was chasing fifty homers or, or something like that, uh, you know, it it, uh, it 
it really added, added a lot of spice to the to the day. Yeah, I now I just watch MLB Quick Pitch every night because it's the single best show on television. Yeah, I love that. I love that too. All right, I will let you go. We only went for fifty nine minutes and thirty six <laughs> seconds. That's like a record for us. Well, no, we gotta go. We gotta stretch it for 24 more seconds so we oh, can yeah. get to an even 60 now uh so have fun in the bay area i mean it's been so long since you lived there i mean it's like it's been over 20 years yeah uh i think you, i think you've already gone to all my most of my places are on the east bay and you're going to be on the in san francisco so i won't even uh, i won't even bring them up that's a pretty good park though at&t park it's pretty cool i, I mean I'm not a huge San Francisco fan. It's a little congested for me, but the park is cool. And the, where the press box sits, it sits low like uh, Baltimore. I've, I, I'm sure you've been in there, haven't you? Yeah, you did yeah, the I Ichiro got, game. Yeah, I did the World Series in 2002. Uh, so, yeah, I've been there. Didn't Ichiro uh, win the MVP there that one year? He did win the MVP there. And before you took the beat, uh, when our beat writers uh, let me take trips <laughs> – <laughs> I, I don't want to talk to you right now. Just... Uh, I used to take. I used to do all all the interleague games, so I I've, I did a few series there when the Mariners played the the Giants. I think I was there with you. I covered the first time I ever covered there was they were playing in a, a that was back when they'd have spring training exhibition games, and R. A. Dickey pitched six shutout innings there, or five shutout innings there, and I thought he made the team because he was the one of the best pitchers there. But John McLaren and Bill Bavese, uh, Dickey was a Rule 5 guy, and they didn't keep him. Or they traded for him, but then sent him to AAA. And I was like, that was when I first kind of started to know that uh, the team that I was covering didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I might have been there when that happened. I I remember having a few stunning uh, stunners on the last day. being in, uh, Something happened in Vegas. Yeah, no, year. that was that same year. That's when Charlton Jimerson made the team. Yeah, and Brandon yeah. Morrow did not remember, like, because I was, uh, yeah, I was like, look, I was really hung over that day when we were in Vegas. Because that's when you looked at me, and go, "Are you okay?" I'm like, <laughs> I was just a newbie with the News Tribune back then, and I don't even think I knew who you were at that time, yeah. hardly. And yeah. uh, who's this young? Who's this young dude who looks like uh, death? Yeah. Death warmed over. Uh, yeah, the Charlton Jimerson just out of nowhere making the team, uh, and I remember one year they op- uh, was it Lang it was it Lancaster I think or uh, High Desert or wherever wherever they had their single A team they played the the weekend before the season started and they made some unexpected uh, cut that 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 I had to deal with but I can't remember what it was. Did you go to Salt Lake City when they had to go to the Salt Lake City that year? No, no, I did not do Salt Lake City. I did, did a couple of Vegases, and then the the Lancaster, the San Francisco. Yeah, I um, missed. The, a... I did Vegas and I did San Francisco and Salt Lake City. I missed the year they had to go to Albuquerque. I think the late Larry Larue had to do that one for the news. Yeah, I, I didn't do Albuquerque either, which uh, I would have liked to have seen the ballpark there actually. And next year, I'll be going to Japan. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'll be alone on that one. I doubt if we're going to send two, but you you never know. I'm going to push. I'll I'll advocate for it. I'd love to go. I went. I did go to Japan in 2000 to cover the uh, the Mets versus the, the Cubs. Uh, back when the uh, the the Ichiro was uh, 
a, a hot rumor at the time that the Mariners might get him. So I think that's wait, wait, why wait. they sent me. You went to Japan to cover yep. the Mets versus the Cubs, and you covered the Mariners. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I did. I covered games in uh, Mexico, regular season games in Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Japan, none of which had the Mariners. Those were those were different days in uh, in, new, in <laughs> newspapers were were thriving back in those days, and you could do stuff like that. That sound you hear right now is me beating my head off the desk. <laughs> well, there was a the the way I sold the Japan trip was uh, they had just signed Sasaki. They had Sasaki. Uh, Ichiro was on their radar. Uh, the Mariners were owned by uh, a Japanese company, which I was going to try and uh, go talk to the owner who had never spoken. How'd that, that work out for you? That that didn't work out so well, but it was a it was a great idea. <laughs> uh, and I still look back. You're right. I still look back and shake my head that I got that approved and actually went to Japan <laughs> under those. But. Uh, I, I was proud of the stories I got there. You know, I, I think I, I tried to give them my, their money's worth. Oh, you always do, but still, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I will let you go. We will do this again. I don't know when. A week or so. Whenever I feel like it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Later. Have a good trip. Uh, Bye. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Extra Innings Podcast here at the Seattle Times. Thanks to Larry Stone for coming on, as always, talking with me about baseball and other things late at night when my schedule fits properly. Thanks to Midnight Salvage Company, the official house band of the Extra Innings Podcast for all the bumper music, the leading music, all that good stuff. Hit them up on their you know, Google search. You can find their stuff on the web. I think they're on Spotify as well. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. I always appreciate it. Any feedback you give me, it's all, it's, I, I really do appreciate it. Good, bad, um, critical, not critical, but it is read and it is registered. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me, as always, rdivish at the seattletimes.com for my email, at Ryan Divish on Twitter, and then I also have a Facebook page under my name. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.